Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Go check out Morbidly Beautiful right now for all your horror content needs from interviews, reviews, top 10 lists, and of course, everything in between. I was thinking about what to do this week. I know it was a weird one. I didn't really know. I didn't have much of an idea going into it, so I just searched one of my favorite websites called AncientOrigins.net. They have a ton of great articles about everything you ever wanted to know, so I might read this one just straight verbatim because it's really good. It's about serial killers, but not the ones you know of. Well, you may know some of these guys, but these are ancient serial killers. These are guys before Jack the Ripper and H.H. Holmes and all those big names from the turn of the century, I guess we could say. These ones are, well, ancient, so there's not a lot of info about them, but there's a top 10 list here, and I want to go over that. And I just want to dig into what makes an ancient serial killer different than a modern day one. So this is top 10 infamous serial killers from ancient history. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. Now, before I get into this, I just kind of want to think out loud for a second. I guess one of the big defining features of a serial killer is, well, their mental state, how they can just go around killing people without really any remorse about it. But what separates them from ancient serial killers? Well, I think they're a little more rare, in all honesty, because people were dying left, right, and center. There was terrible living conditions, terrible medical advancements, there were just was a whole lot of bad things going on back then, and maybe people just weren't noticed when they were murdered. A lot of wars, a lot of gang wars, a lot of turf wars, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of shit going on where people were dying. And I just want to say that out loud. I don't know if that's the case or not, but that just kind of brings some thought to mind. So let's just get into it. Serial killers are not a new phenomenon. Before Jack the Ripper began his legendary killing spree in London of the 1800s, there was a long list of infamous serial killers active throughout history. So what is it that makes Jack the Ripper the most infamous serial killer in history? When there have been more brutal and monstrous killers before him? We'll just take a look at this list and we'll go over some of these very terrible people from history. But to answer that question, it's the mystique. In my opinion, it's the mystique of Jack the Ripper that captivates our imaginations. He was never caught. He was the first big profile one, I would say. And again, the fact that it is unsolved to this day really makes you think, Hmm, who was that mysterious ripper that terrorized Whitechapel near the turn of the century? Hmm. So what makes a serial killer? Well, obviously we've gone over a little bit already the psychological aspects. Criminologists have been working for decades to accurately define and identify what makes a person commit such cold-blooded murders again and again and again and again. The cause of psychopathy remains somewhat of a mystery. But can we learn something from the stories of infamous serial killers from ancient history? Some of the confessions of the worst serial killers were induced under torture, so keep in mind that there could be another side to the historical reports of their terrible, heinous crimes. Let's get started in ancient Greece with Procrustes. That's a terrible name, but hey, I didn't make it and that was the thing back in the day. Now this is one of the first ancient serial killers to appear in popular culture and can be found in Greek mythology. The infamous serial killer Procrustes, known as the Stretcher, is a legendary killer from Attica that kept a house by the side of a busy road where he offered hospitality to passing strangers. He usually invited travelers for a comforting meal and a night's rest in his quote-unquote special iron bed. 
unknown to his oblivious victims. If they were shorter than the bed, he stretched them by hammering or racking the body to fit. Alternatively, if the victim was longer than the bed, he would cut off their legs so they would fit. As you can probably understand, in both cases, the victims died an unenviable death due to this terrible torture. Fortunately, Procrustus was destroyed by his own method by the younger and stronger Theseus, who would later murder the Minotaur of Crete as well. Procrustus is still discussed today thanks to his Procrustean bed, which has become a proverbial torture device. It's also a term for forcing someone to fit into something that they don't fit into. From Greece to China, we're going to go to the Far East now with Lu Pengli, who is the first bona fide serial killer in history. Now, it's unknown whether Procrustus was an actual historical figure or not, or somebody just from mythology. Lu Pengli is undoubtedly the first recorded serial killer in history. Also known as the Prince of Jidong, Lu was a 2nd century BC Han prince who thought that he had a license to kill. For more than two decades, the bloodthirsty Pengli would go out on a marauding expedition with tens of slaves or young men who were hiding from the law. During his reign of terror, Lu murdered over a hundred people in total, seizing their possessions for sheer sport, as recorded by Sima Qian in Record of the Great Historian. One of his victim's sons would eventually report his bloody hobby to the emperor, but instead of obeying the court's suggestion of death, the emperor spared his kin, only stripping him of his title and banishing him from the kingdom, which just leads to more infamy more likely than not. He probably killed more people after he was banished, to be completely honest. Next up, we're going to travel a little bit more west to Sri Lanka. Now, this is Queen Anula of Anur Dapura. Known as one of the biggest misandrists in Asian history, Queen Anula reigned from 47 to 42 BC and was the first queen of Sri Lanka history to have wielded so much power. Her reign was filled with secret love affairs, a series of murders, plenty of poison, and a very tragic end for the queen herself. Queen Anula of Sri Lanka poisoned her son and four husbands in her quest to become Queen Regnant, which she did for five years. But her luck was to run out and her end was a gruesome one. She was eventually overthrown and buried alive, which is one of the worst fates I think anybody can ask for. Naturally, when talking about the ancient peoples, we're gonna have a lot of firsts. And Locusta of Gaul was the first female serial killer in Western history. So we had Eastern, and now we're gonna go back west to Gaul. Bearing the not-so-flattering title of the first female serial killer in Western history, Locusta lived in Rome more than 1900 years ago. Inventive, cold-blooded, and extremely intelligent, Lacusta was a dedicated, masterful botanist who used chemistry in order to give people heart attacks for fun and profit. She reportedly took part in the assassinations of Claudius and Britannicus, while she was one of Emperor Nero's most favorite people for many years, who used her as a trainer for other ambitious poisoners in his service. Following Nero's death, Lacusta was executed by his successor, Galba. That's interesting. Made a life of being a poisoner. I didn't know that was such a thing back in the day, although it does make sense. Poison was a very common and popular form of killing people, especially assassinations. Untraceable. Untraceable. But if you're the only one, then, well, I guess it's not that untraceable. Next up, we're going to travel to ancient Yemen for a very terrible person, a pedophile, serial killer, and a Himorite king, Zhu Shenatir was one of the wealthiest residents in the Himorite Kingdom, modern-day Yemen, and he lived in Inn during the 5th century AD. 
Other than his wealth, Zhu gained notoriety for being a sadist, a pedophile, and a serial killer who lured young boys into his home with the promise of food and money, but that's not what happened. Instead, he stripped them naked and sodomized them. He usually killed his victims by throwing them naked out of an upper story window of his home. Fortunately, he was eventually stopped by a budding victim of his sick intentions who stabbed him to death. Good on that guy. Now we're going to go over a familiar name, one we touched on just a few weeks ago, Alice Kettler, the first woman condemned of witchcraft in Ireland. I'll just go over real quickly here what she did, just for those of you who haven't listened to the other episode yet in a little more detail. Now, while it was estimated that more than 300,000 so-called witches were tortured, burnt, or hanged in medieval Europe, it is also no secret that the vast majority of them were nothing but poor, innocent women, many of whom suffered from mental illness. But that was definitely not the case for Alice Keitler. A Norman noblewoman, Keitler was prosecuted in the first modern witch trial in the British Isles back in 1324 for the alleged poisoning of her four husbands, heresy, and witchcraft. We don't need to go over more for her. As I said, listen to the episode from Halloween, which was the day I released that on, so it's just a couple weeks ago. Next up, we're gonna go to a child killer, which is terrible. Now, while I myself don't particularly like children, I don't believe in hurting them either. Most of them are just innocent, and they don't deserve what happens to them in these terrible, terrible cases. But now we're gonna go and look at Gilles de Ra, the infamous child-killing serial killer. Gilles was a knight and lord from Brittany, Anjou, and Poitou, a leader in the French army and a companion in arms of Joan of Arc. Well, that makes him pretty good so far, right? But this douche canoe had a very different side to him, and it makes him one of the worst serial killers of all time. The infamous serial killer confessed to torturing, raping, and murdering over 140 children from 1432 to 1444. He and several of his accomplices in the murders were hanged in October 26th, of 1440. Another one we've looked at before, but very, very long ago. Peter Stumpf, the werewolf of Bedburg. Werewolf hysteria kicked off in Europe in the 16th century. However, no case exemplified this phenomenon more than the case of Peter Stumpf, known as the werewolf of Bedburg. Stumpf was a wealthy farmer born in the village of Emprath near Cologne, who reportedly murdered and ate 14 children, including his own son. He also ate their brains, or at least his son's brain anyway, and two pregnant women. Can't miss the pregnant women. He was also accused of having a repulsive sexual relationship with his own daughter. Proud to confess his crimes, Stumpf later claimed that he had been given a magic belt by the devil, which allowed him to transform into the likeness of a greedy, strong, and devouring wolf. While in this form, he confessed to having gorged on the flesh of goats, lambs, and sheep, as well as men, women, and children. The execution of Stumpf took place, fittingly, October 31st, 1589, and of his daughter and mistress is one of the most brutal in history. As a warning against similar behavior, local authorities erected a pole with the torture wheel and the figure of a wolf on it. At the very top, they placed Peter Stumpf's severed head. Peter Niers was a serial killer and cannibal from Nuremberg. Now, he was a German serial killer, obviously, who was executed on September 16, 1581 in Neumarkt, a few miles outside of Nuremberg. It was also believed that he was a powerful black magician. With many supernatural abilities and his fame alone terrorized whole villages. Based on his confessions extracted from him and his accomplices under torture, he was convicted of 544 murders, including 24 fetuses cut out of pregnant women. Allegedly, the fetuses were used in magic acts and other cannibalistic things. 
Now we got the first one I can't really say the name of. I'm going to give it a shot. We have a Christman Jennipertinaga. We're going to just call it Christman. Or Christman. Let's go with Christman. I think Christman's the right way to say that. I'm not even going to try to say that last name again. If you want to try, go for it. But I am not doing that again. Now, he was widely considered as the deadliest and worst serial killer in history. This hideous monster is by far the sickest bandit of the 16th century. He was so proud of his crimes that he even kept a diary in which he detailed all the murders of not one, not two, not even three, but 964 individuals. In addition to this evidence, he willingly admitted to the murders with a sense of superiority, adding that if he had reached his goal of a thousand, he would have been even happier. Came up just short. On June 17th, 1581, he was condemned to death by the breaking wheel. He endured nine days on the wheel prior to expiring. Naturally, he was kept alive on purpose with the aid of strong drinks and other medicine of the time so that his heart would be strengthened and the torture could continue. For this ancient serial killer, justice was indeed served. Now that's all I got for you this week. If you have any other serial killers or other weird ones you want to add to this list that maybe you've missed. Like I said, I didn't come up with this list. I fully do not take credit for coming up with this. This is from ancientorigins.net, but I wanted to share it with you. This is very interesting, and it just really makes you think how many other serial killers are out there, or were out there, I should say, from ancient times that just, well, got away with it. Nobody knew about them. I'm also sure that a lot of these numbers were exaggerated. 964 seems like a whole lot, but he did keep track of them in a detailed diary. Now, was that just sick delusions? Or did he actually commit nearly 1,000 murders, that Christman guy? It's hard to say. But a lot of these I've heard of before, like Peter Stumpf, and of course we had Alice Keitler. But some of these are very interesting as well. A lot of them royalty, which doesn't surprise me in the least. Rulers were known to be deadly and rage-filled whenever they didn't get their way. Or some of them were just merciless conquerors like Vlad the Impaler. But without a country or a nation to conquer, what are you going to do? You got to get your bloodlust out, so you take it out on people. Your people. Your subjects. I figured that would populate a lot of this list. But like I said, that's all I got for you this week. I hope you did enjoy this episode. And if you did, please feel free to leave a 5-star rating on Spotify. You can do so on the mobile app, or you can still leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you prefer. Either one. I don't care. Either way, a 5-star rating will get shouted out on the show. Shouted out? I don't know if that's the right word for that, but it doesn't matter. If you do want to hit me up on social media, you can do so on Instagram at OmnisOriginsPod, on Twitter at HorrorShotsProd is in production, or even on Facebook at HorrorShots. So feel free to hit me up wherever you like. I'm always down for a good little chat. If you have something you want to talk about, let me know. If you want me to cover something, let me know. If I can do it, if it's in my wheelhouse, I'll definitely give it a shot. So, until next time.